thank you all. You can have a seat. Uh, thank you again uh, to our worship team. I uh, encourage all of you to, uh, in our worship, uh, to sing or to listen uh, or to pray or just to let go. You know, people always ask me, you know, is Bellwether charismatic? I say, hey, we're charismatic with a seatbelt. Um, and we got some brothers like, man, the seatbelt is wide open and off, which is cool. I like charismatic with a seatbelt. But, but let go and the power of the Holy Spirit will, will, uh, will. Come into your hearts and in your souls. Okay, turn to Acts 22. We're going to be in Acts 22 today, uh, Palm Sunday. Uh, we're actually not doing the Palm Sunday story. I will mention some palms at some point, so tie that in. But we're in Acts 22, and as you, uh, as you do that, I want, to, I want to tell you a story uh, about a person who I know who is a Christian. Uh, this person... Raised uh, knowing Jesus kind of gradually uh, in the church uh, with friends and family, knowing the stories of Jesus. As this person grew, uh, really uh, gave in to a lot of things that um, not just bad habits, but potentially destructive behavior, uh, addictions, uh, really had an addictive personality. So you kind of name it. Uh, this person was involved uh, in it, alcohol, uh, nicotine, uh, lust, uh, gambling, never got into gambling, interestingly enough, but uh, pretty much uh, was in there, was in it, doing it, uh, also suffered through some depression, uh, worked through that, uh, and then slowly, by men and women who became mentors, uh, really, instead of seeing Jesus gradually, began to see Jesus clearly. And truly, uh, then, this person gave their life to Christ. And at that point, though, other sins started playing out in this person's life. Sins of pride, uh, sins of accomplishment, uh, sin of, of white-knuckling it through any tough time. Uh, and getting by on uh, their own work, their own worth, their own merit, uh, and uh, became very competitive, uh, became very prejudiced uh, towards those who, who didn't work hard enough, uh, who didn't meet the grade, uh, looked down on people. And then, later in life, into marriage, uh, the sins of his past came back around to kind of haunt him again. Uh, these more old explicit sins that you can see uh, of addiction. And, uh, not that he was engaging in them, but they haunted him, the memories, the past. And uh, yet, in the midst of that, really continued to see Jesus Christ clearly, fully, began to slowly let go of pride and, and worth on accomplishments and rest in the work of Jesus on the cross, yet he grew in the knowledge that he would have to put these sins to death daily, daily, by the power of Jesus. And he continues to do so. Because you see, that is part and parcel of my story. That's me uh, that I was just talking to you about. 
there are a lot of details you don't want to know. I mean, if you really do, I'll be open up to share them. I'm pretty open. But uh, I'm going to spare you some of those details. That's my story uh, in, in and of a nutshell. We're in a series right now, and this is why I say that story. We're in this series through Lent, and we're saying, make it plain. Calling it, make it plain. I share that because often the best way to make the gospel plain is you just tell your story. Period. You just tell your story. Who you were, who you are now, who Jesus is. And that makes it plain. It makes it plain to me when I hear other stories, and I want to make it plain to you what Jesus continues to do uh, in my life. And, and I love the old hymn. We're going to sing it to close this service, so get ready. Blessed assurance. This is my story. This is my song. That your life is a song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. So if you want to make it plain... You just think about and you start telling your story. And if you're like, I don't have a story, you do. You do. The Lord will reveal that to you, uh, maybe today, uh, in time. And, uh, and we'll talk about that some. But let's, let's get into Acts 22. We've been in Acts this entire Lent season, and we have been seeing uh, men of God make it plain uh, in sermons in their lives. Uh, we've looked at Peter. We've looked at Stephen looked at Apollos, uh, and today we close with, with Paul. And I love this chapter because all Paul really does, he, he doesn't like preach it, he doesn't really preach a sermon. He just tells his story. He just tells the story of his life. So we're going to go through his story, and as we see parts of his story, I hope you see your story. But most of all, I hope you see his story, the story of Jesus Christ. Acts 22 I'm going to start in verse 3, and I'm going to read, but I'm going to stop uh, in the middle at different parts and, uh, and just share some thoughts briefly. Verse 3, here's Paul. He says, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus, in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way to the death. We'll stop right there. Say that again. I persecuted this way, the way of Jesus, Christianity, this movement, to the death. Uh, not to imprisonment, uh, not to banishment, to death. Paul killed Christians. Paul would be what we think of as a religious terrorist. And when I think of Paul, I actually think of these dudes in ISIS. And I pray, and I'd ask you to join me in prayer, that one of these men has a conversion experience like Paul and God uses in this world. I believe that that can happen. I'm believing that it will happen. But this was Paul. Paul was taking them, not just throwing them in prison and chains, to death. Killing Christians. I'll continue now blinding and delivering to prison both men and women, as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them I received letters to brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus, about noon a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. 
I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. I want to stop right there. Jesus of Nazareth. Real city, real place, real time, real person. Jesus of Nazareth. Now those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. Let me stop right there. Sometimes when you see the light, there are going to be other brothers and sisters around you who will not understand at that point. It's just not their time. The Lord knows all, and He knows your time. And so when you understand and see clearly, don't get frustrated that everybody doesn't see the same thing. It's okay. The Lord's leading them. The Lord may use you to lead them, as He does Saul, who became Paul. But not everybody will. Not everybody will today. i got to live with that. It's okay, the Lord tells me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see because of the brightness of this light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. I want to stop there. Paul, killer of Christians, and then they said, hey, we'll lead this guy by his hand. We're not going to shirk him. We're not going to cast him off. We're not going to call, you know... I want to BS, blow smoke. Okay, we're not going to call that on Paul. We're going to lead you by the hand. Do you lead people by the hand, new believers? Or do you hold on to the prejudice of who they once were? Just a thought. And one Ananias, verse 12, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who live there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour, I received. And he said, the God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and hear a voice from his mouth, for you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Stop right there. If you're a Christian here today, who are your Ananiases? Who are are the men or women, because I had them in my life, who said, I'm not going to look on you the way you were. I'm not going to be prejudiced towards you. I'm instead going to believe in you. I'm, I'm going to encourage you. Uh, Saul, you're not yet Paul. Uh, I, I believe the Lord has his hand on you. It's going to work. Uh, you killed Christians. Uh, you're going to save many, many more. So I'm going to lead you. Who's your Ananias? Another question, if you're a Christian, are you an Ananias to somebody else? Are you? Are you you shirking that responsibility? Uh, We're all called to make disciples, to raise men and women up. Who are you being an Ananias to? Verse 17, when I had returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and saw him saying to me, make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony. I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. When the blood of Stephen, your witness, was shed, I was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Verse 22, up to this word, 
they listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, Away with this man from the earth. He should not be allowed to live. We'll stop right there. Uh, I think that last verse was also very, very key. Actually, up to this word or point, they listened to him. Um, I love that it adds in there showing that, hey, they were with him. And then when he told them, hey, the Lord said, go to these other people, the Gentiles, because he was talking to Jews who uh, were different. Luke makes clear, up to this point, they were with him. And then they said, kill this dude. Get him away. Because the Lord calls us to hard things. Not everybody's going to believe. Not everybody's going to understand. And even there at times, we'll share our call and they'll be with us to a point. To a point. And then they're like, they could even say, you know, get lost. Get lost. I'm going to come back to that. Before I do, I want to emphasize your story. Each one of y'all, whether you claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Whether, uh, whether you're not a Christian, wherever you are, your story. You matter to God. You matter to God. Your life matters to God. I have this saying uh, that I love, there are no accidents in Christianity. Uh, we take that to mean, no, you know, uh, my life is not an accident. But no, your, your situation in life is not an accident. Your, your experiences in life is not an accident. Where you were born, uh, what time, what decade, how you went through childhood, how you're going through childhood, what you're going through now, past mistakes, leads to future growth. There are no accidents in Christianity. If God is all-powerful, all-knowing, He's watching you, He's looking into your life, He's going to use it for good. I cling to that faith, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So not only are you not an accident, what you're going through right now, it is not an accident. It's not an accident. And, and I encourage y'all to begin to think about your story and share your story. If you're questioning God, think about how he has led you. If you're, if you're questioning God, just think about your life. Just think about your life. Begin to know your, your story. If you are a Christian, share your story, how God has worked in your life. Now, I've said this before. Some of y'all have heard this. You've heard it from many other people. You have a story. You're not an accident. Share your story. That's not new, okay? But here's some things where I want to push all of us, me included, okay? I want to push all of us. Because, see, often uh, we share our story up to a point. Just as it says in the Bible, up to this point, they listen. We'll, we'll listen to God up to a point. Like, like we'll share our story, talk about the work of God in our life, and then up to the point where like, I'm not going to go there, Lord. And here's what I mean. Three things that we, that we won't do. One, sometimes God will say, uh, you know, share this. And first, there are things that we won't share. We'll share up to a point, but we won't share, you know, let's say explicit sins that I talked about earlier in my life. Addictions. I mean, things, you know, just people see. I mean, things that in the Bible about people just, you know, scorn, you know, especially like good, upstanding church folks. Like, you know, I'm not going to go there, God. I'll share the story, you know, generally. Not going to get into specifics. But those specifics can be used in a powerful way 
to minister to others who are, who are going through it. And, and sometimes we'll be like, I don't want to share. God, God wants everything. God wants every compartment, facet, you know, attitude, thing. Ha- he wants it all. Lay it all out. What is there to fear? Nothing. Nothing. When we're in the Lord. That's one thing we hold back on. Another thing we hold back on is we won't always share our gifts. Our gifts. Like, we're His, we've been saved, we're Christian, all that. And God said, all right, I want you to share your gifts. Like, what do you mean by gifts? Well, first off, your talents. I mean, God's gifted every one of us. Our talents of, of, of thinking, of doing, of, of caring, of loving, of being involved, being involved in, in our neighborhoods for Christ, being involved in our church for Christ, giving of our, our gifts, our, our talents, and in many ways across the life of, of the church body. So, but sometimes we say, no, no, I give my life, and I give my testimony, but I wanna, I'm going to keep this for, for me and for mine. I'm keep all this. Not just our talents, our time. Our time. Our time is a gift. And we're all on equal playing field when it comes to time. And we're like, thanks, Lord, but I, I, my time is mine. So, I mean, when I say mine, uh, mine, my kids, uh, my family, my interests... My pet projects, this is mine. Thank you for the time, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus. But I'm going to take my time and live it how I want. You're like, well, give me some examples of how I would use my time. Well, first, I mean, if you're committed here, I mean, serving the life of this, this church, this body, do we, but past that, do we give our time to, to our neighbors, just to love, to, to minister, to check in? You know, are we for the kingdom or are we for our little kingdom? Of using our time uh, to build up uh, our kingdom, our investments, our Rolodex. I know we don't have a Rolodex. I mean, that's so 1990s. But, you know, you know our, our connections, uh, our kids and, and their, you know, you know, the dreams that we didn't accomplish, they just move over to our kids. It's like, thanks, Lord, but it's my time. And our tithe, you know, the three T's. And they're all tied together, like, Hey, 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 thanks, God, but uh, I'll take these resources and, um, you know, I'll give what's left over. You know, that's always a big question. Do you give the first fruits or just leftovers? And some much like, eh, eh, nothing's left over, so we'll, we'll see you next month. That's what we won't share more often than not. And then last, there are some that we just won't share with. So our parts of our past we won't share some of our gifts we won't share. And then there's some we just, I'm not going to share with them, Lord. Like Paul says, go to the Gentiles. They said, kill him. God says to us, share with them. We say, no, thank you, Lord. Find me another mission. So who are the, who are the Gentiles in your life? So I, I will share, you know, with my, with my crowd. I mean, I'm going to share, you know, with my supper clubs. But, uh, you know, someone who is not in our circle, Someone who is, I don't know, someone who's in a, for some, in a lower class, but also some who's like in an upper class. They're like, they're so uppity, I ain't sharing, I ain't touching them. I'm not going there. And God calls us to share, and he puts people in our path. The gospel is for everyone. We should never give up on anyone, and God calls us to our world. And sometimes we say, I'm not going to share with them. They have done this and that. I am not going to forgive. So, basically, we'll tell our story, but the three big challenges that we have is we don't share it all, 
We don't share all our gifts, and we don't share with everyone. So here's two things that can help. Two things that help me, two things that can help you. First is you tie your story to the story, which is his story. Tie your story to his story. Like, what's the story? Cross? Here's his story. Here's his story. Here's your story in his story. So you said, you're created. You're created with gifts. You're created with a God who loves you, who has blessed you in many ways. You're, create, you're a child of God. He, he knows the hairs on your head. He knows the chromosomes in your body. He knows, and you are created. We are also fallen. We've fallen. I mean, there's something, there, there's something wrong with the world. There's something wrong with the world, you know, when you see a pilot, you know, flying from Spain to Germany and just says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crash this plane. There's something wrong with the world, and there's something wrong in the heart of every human being. Not that every human being would do that, but every human, I always say the best definition I've ever heard of sin is why do you do the good that you do? Why do you do the good that you do? Ultimately, it boils down to our own self-interest. Ultimately, it does. So there is the, the hole, the void, the stain in our heart, which is why the cross happened. So we're fallen, and then you say, I am redeemed. We see this all the time. I am redeemed, not by how good I am, not by how many mission trips I've gone on, not how many Easter egg hunts I've served, not how you know, active I am in my church, not how I love my neighbors, because of Jesus, because of him, because of what he has done on the cross. He took the weight of sin and evil. He took it upon himself. And so you walk, you can walk with a serene confidence. You can walk light, knowing that you haven't saved yourself on your highest days. You know it's not what you did, what Jesus did. On your lowest days, you know Jesus is there to pick you up. You can, you can walk. You can walk and not be consumed by what others think or what anybody says. You can, you can walk in him because you also know that he is restoring you. And that's a continual process. He's restoring me. He's restoring you. He's restoring the world. The world. Up to a point where, you know, one day, we always emphasize today palm branches, Jesus coming in. One day we're going to wave palm branches. I don't know if you know that. I, I read this this morning, Palm Sunday, and I didn't know this. You know, you learn something new every day. Revelation 7, Revelation 7, 9 and 10. Look at the future. Hopefully it's your future, our future together. Verse 9, Revelation. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude no one could number. Every nation, all tribes, peoples, and languages standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Palm Sunday, uh, we often emphasize the past. Palms of the past, there are palms in our future. And we will be waving them. Son of God, sitting on the throne where he sits today, right now. And he is restoring my life, hopefully your life, in this world. One other thing that can help, you're like, yeah, still, you know... I got that, but, um, and that is most important, by the way. This other thing is secondary, but for some of us it's more important because it's, it's honestly more uh, mushy-gushy, ooey-gooey kind of deal, uh, is that uh, your story is tied up into our story as a church, as a church, as a church family, that we are a group of stories that, that are knit together by the power of of his spirit. So you say, you know, I've got, 
Addictive habits, I got addiction problems, so does somebody else that can share with you and encourage you and love you. Hey, I, I battle depression, so does somebody else. Hey, I battle pride, hey, so does someone else. The, the church is definitely meant for connections and, and love and sharing. It's God's plan A and there's no plan B. We're in this deal together. We share life together. And I want this to be a place, I want it to be His church. It is His church, but I'm like, I want it to be His church. What I mean is so that, that no one's afraid to share. And so I know that for myself and for other leaders, we got to set the pace. We will go there, uh, as some of you know, and we'll share. And I want you to have the freedom to say, you know, I can do that. I can say this. I don't have to be ashamed of my past. I know God's working my life now, and I've got this great future that will only get better and better and better and better. You know, often, you know, you see folks, I see folks uh, in this life, maybe they're older, maybe maybe they're like 42 or something like that, like, you know, the best times are gone, you know, college is gone, or after college is gone, or, you know, the heydays are gone, it's all downhill from here. Or you can see people who are older, and they're like, you know, 85, I mean, I hope I see 85, they're like, you know, you know, just waiting to death. The gospel is, the best is always yet to come. Always. One of my favorite uh, writings in all of, like, human writing books are the final sentences of C.S. Lewis's the last battle in the Chronicles of Narnia, and this does not ruin anything, so don't worry, but he writes, he says, you know, and this ended this chapter in their life, but what they did not realize is that the next chapter and then the next would only get better and better and better and better for eternity. Amen? Amen. That is life. That is life in Christ. The best is yet to come. Forever. The best is yet to come. And if you're here, and I hope you are, and you're 85, God is not finished with you yet. If you're here and you're 55, it's like, man, best days. No, they are not. No, they're not. So think about your story. Tie your story to his story. Know we want your story in our story. And last thing I'll say is invitation. First off, this week, come see the story. We're going to... In our, in our, as a humble brokenness, share the story. Come see the story. Thursday night, Good Friday, Easter morning. Second invitation, you may need to start your story. We've got five baptisms. No better day to begin the new story of your life, Easter morning. Some of you, some of you do need to start your story. I'm not, and that doesn't mean come and get baptized. Some of you need to start your story receiving the gift of Jesus Christ and changing the trajectory of your story. And then last, live your story here with us. We want to be his church for his kingdom, not our little kingdom, for his kingdom in the city and the world. Live it. Live it this week. Begin this week together, life together, your story in our story, most of all in his story. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of these uh, many stories because what many of us think are our problems, our issues, you see as miracles and you see as future miracles that will work in our story through your story. I pray these people begin to see that now and the power, the power that, that you can have through them in this world. Thank you for your story. Thank you that we will see it this week. I pray that we live it all year long forever and you give us that possibility uh, in your word, in your church, in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.